Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 638 with Carrie Oberbrunner. If you would like to have better mastery of where you point your attention and to feel less distraction, Carrie brings the goods. So you'll learn one, the right and wrong ways for dealing with task overload. Two, the three components of deliberate magnetic focus. And three, the two triggers of flow states. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items that we reference here, check out awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP638. And if you're at awesomeatyourjob.com, I encourage you to sign up for the Gold Nugget email list, which gives you summary insights from Kerry and every guest who's gone before him in a quick email you can read in about two or three minutes, as well as access to the whole archive of all of those. We call them the gold nuggets at awesomeatyourjob.com. Now here's Carrie's story. Carrie Overbrunner is the CEO of Igniting Souls. Through his writing, speaking, and coaching, he helps individuals and organizations clarify who they are, why they're here, and where they should invest their time and energy. Carrie struggled to find his own distinct voice and passion. As a young man, he suffered from severe stuttering, depression, and self-injury. Today, a transformed man, Carrie equips people to experience unhackability in work and life and share their message with the world. He believes the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. His vision is to ignite 100 million souls by 2030. Carrie lives in Ohio with his wife, Kelly, and their three children, Keegan, Isabel, and Addison. Big thanks to Carrie for sharing his wisdom with us. And big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, here's Carrie. Carrie, thanks for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. It's great to be here, Pete. Well, I'm excited to dig into so much of what you've got to say. And, and first of all, though, I want to hear about your connection to the Shawshank Redemption movie. Oh, yes, that is a fun tip. So I was in a day job for a long time, and it felt like a prison. Okay. <laughs> I remember watching Shawshank one evening thinking, oh my gosh, I relate to that. So quick story, basically I was writing on the side and I finally did get out of that day job. And I said, you know what? Lots of people are asking me how. So I'm going to write a book called Day Job to Dream Job. And the Shawshank prison is the day job, Zihuataneho, where eventually Andy goes at the end of the movie, is the dream job. And I'm going to write the book. And so I started Googling where the heck was Shawshank Prison. And I'm not from Ohio originally, but it was uh, the Ohio State Reformatory. 
And I said, man, I'm driving 90 minutes up to nowhere. I found it and uh, basically told the workers what I was doing and that I wanted to write a book in Andy's prison cell on day job to dream job. And they're like, sweet, here's the Wi-Fi password. And so I ended up writing a good amount of the book in Shawshank prison. And then a year later when we launched it, they heard about the story. The celebrities came back. And uh, sure enough, the warden, Bob Gutton, we launched Day Job to Dream Job at Shawshank Prison together. That's wild. Well, so... (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty crazy. You say, so I want to work out of a prison cell. And they're like, yeah, you got it. So like, there's there's no fees or protocols. Just like, yeah, sure thing, bud. (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's no longer like a functioning prison. It's more of a museum now. But... Evidently, they trusted me, and now I actually uh, train their board of directors once a year on leadership. So it's a crazy full circle. That is wild. Well, I'm excited to talk about uh, one of your your latest works, Unhackable. Mm. Great title. Uh, What would you say is perhaps the most surprising and fascinating discovery you made about us humans and how we pay attention these days uh, when putting together the book? I'll tell you what. I wrote a fiction book called Elixir Project in 2016 about a future society where people's brains get hacked. And that was my first stab at fiction. And when the book came out, people said, man, this is, this is not just a fiction book. Like this is happening. And so they kind of said, turn this into a nonfiction book for people in uh, the workforce in business. And so basically I did a ton of research and found out that A hack is basically when someone or something gains unauthorized access to a system or a computer. Mm. And think back to biology class, and sure enough, we were uh, made up of pulmonary, circulatory, respiratory system. So our bodies are like systems and our brains are like supercomputers. So in a real way, humans are getting hacked anytime we get distracted from our ultimate destiny our, our dream. And uh, the distractions are crazy big these days. And I'm sure we'll get into it. It's, it's a pretty fun topic. Well, yeah, unauthorized access. That's sticking with me here. Yes. And so that almost implies a, a hacker or Ooh, a, yeah. actually, I love the podcast. It's a Darknet Diaries. It's all about hackers. Sweet. So, and, and so, what do they call that? A, a, a threat actor, Ooh. I think is the term they use a lot, whether that's a, a nation or a company or an individual, you know, kid in a basement. Uh, a threat actor mm-hmm. is kind of getting unauthorized access into our heads, but sometimes it's us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. What's the universe of, of threat actors that are, are kind of the big culprits of, of hacking our systems? It can be a lot of things. Unsexy hacks are just laziness or. Netflix or or these types of things. But in a real way, the human species is now wired to crave distractions. We know from all the psychology that distractions produce a break from stress. And we know that smartphones create dopamine and addictions. So I'm all for technology. I love technology. However, human knowledge once doubled every thousand years. So think about that. It took essentially 
from the year zero to 1500 to double human knowledge. And then the next time was 250 years and it kept going and going. And now we live in a world today where every 12 hours human knowledge is doubling. And so we can no longer keep up. Our ancestors made a handful of decisions a day back not too long ago. Today, we make 35,000 decisions. And so we literally wake up with this limited attention. And throughout the day, we dip into that and we create what's called decision fatigue. So that at the end of the day, we're saying things like, I'm burnt out, I'm running on fumes, I'm on empty. And in a real way, we can no longer keep up with the amount of stress and distractions that are uh, in front of us today. And we talk about human knowledge doubling. Is that kind of like the printing press or like unique content published? Is that what we mean by knowledge? Everyone has become a publisher. Everyone has become a content creator. We used to have gatekeepers where you would try to get a record out. You would try to get your thoughts out and be printed in the paper. We now have YouTube. We all are our own TV station, press release system, newspaper. I mean, we are literally producing mountains and mountains of information, not to mention computing, AI. I mean, you name it. It's just an exponential curve. And our brains haven't upgraded. So technology mm -hmm. is upgraded, but our brains have not. And not only that, Pete, but we now have new terms, digifrenia. So hmm. schizophrenia was, you know, multiple personalities, this type of thing. Well, digifrenia is a legit term that basically means that we exist in multiple places at once in the digital space. So most people have a Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn. And so now not only am I existing right now, Pete, but online, I have a persona that's existing that may be getting tweets, it may be getting comments. Not only that, but you have the stress of trying to be consistent on all platforms at once. And so there's a tearing of the mind that happens. It's literally a stress. And not only that, the average person touch, clicks, taps, swipes their smartphone 2,600 times a day, uh -huh. according to Dscout. We now have five hours a day, but this is on screens, but it's in 30-second bursts. So, I mean, not to mention COVID and kids now doing online school. Again, technology is not the enemy, but I'm saying technology used to be a tool that we used. Now we're the tool that technology is using. Okay. Well, that's heavy stuff. It is heavy. It's kind of like the matrix, only real. Well, so you mentioned psychological research. Could you share some striking, you know, stories or studies sure. or evidence bits that kind of lay out, but well, you dropped some numbers already, which is, which is intriguing yeah. in terms of like the state of play right now. And, and then what's, what's really possible if we, you know, take on some practices to become unhackable. Absolutely. So right now we have so many things uh, going at us that a lot of us have adopted the lie of multitasking. And people get confused about multitasking. They say, surely I can mow the lawn and listen to an audiobook. See, that's multitasking. Multitasking, we're actually talking about doing two cognitive things at the mm -hmm. same time. 
And so therefore, it'd be like me trying to do a podcast with you right now and check an email right. and check my Instagram. When we do that, it's not multitasking, it's switch tasking. Our IQ drops 40 points. So it's literally like being stoned. And so most of us throughout the day, let's be honest, we walk through the day stoned. And we do what's called attention residue, where part of my brain is still on the Instagram, part of my brain is on the email, part of my brain is with you. And not only is that productivity destruction, but it's relationship destruction. There's a new term now called fubbing, not hmm. snubbing, where you're trying to talk to me and I'm, I'm blowing you off or whatever, you're blowing me off. Now, when we're talking with people, we're looking at our smartphones. And this presence of relationship is now a thing of the past. And you can tell, I mean, we're, I gotta do business on Zoom. You can tell when someone's watching or mm -hmm. you can tell when someone's checking something else and something else. And it's literally redefining the way we do relationships. But there is good news. There is good news. Well, tell us then, sort of, uh, ultimately, how do we become unhackable? How do we become unhackable? I love it. So here's the thing. In the book, I break down unhackability into three things. I'll give you the three easy to remember words and then we'll bump it out a little bit. But it's, it's literally idea, focus, and flow. That's, that's what unhackability is. Idea, focus, and flow. Notice it's knowing, being, and doing. To stress that a little bit more, it's flawless idea anatomy. So we talk about how do you create flawless ideas, and there's four components. Then we go into deliberate magnetic focus, and there's three focus filters. We'll get into that. And then optimal human performance flow. And so certainly people have read books or heard about books on just flow, like Stephen Kotler is kind of the grandfather of flow. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, a Hungarian psychologist. There's been books on flow. There's been books on focus. And then there's been books on ideas. But truly, an unhackable person is one who leverages all three. And I'll tell you why this is so important. Because as kids, we grew up saying a, a weird word. We said abracadabra. Anytime we wanted something magical to happen. We didn't know what the word meant, but we said it. The word actually means I create as I speak. Hmm. I create as I speak. People who have faith, very interesting, it even gets crazier. It's made up of three Hebrew words. Abba, which is father. And so it's father, son, spirit. Abracadabra, really crazy, interesting stuff. Hmm. And in the faith tradition, it says that God said, let there be light, and there was light. In other words, abracadabra. I believe that we've been created to dream and do, ideate and implement, and that is our divine destiny. And when we're doing that, we're actually living out our calling. But unfortunately, most of us dream, then we get hacked. We ideate, and then we get hacked. We don't implement. So to your point, let's talk about focus filters. All right, yeah. Focus filters is one component of how to become unhackable. I basically break down focus filters into three of them. Urgency, agency, and energy. So most people, your great listeners, 
they probably have a dream. They probably have a desire. But unfortunately, we always get hacked until we apply those focus filters. Urgency, agency, and energy. So just to give you an example, it's a beach example. If I go out to the beach, I, I, I got a bald head. I can burn in about three hours or I can burn in about three minutes. What's the difference? A magnifying glass. A hat or sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. A magnifying glass. So same sun, same skin, but a magnifying glass or what I call a focus filter, it amplifies the energy. So it takes all that energy from the sun and puts it into a laser beam where you burn a hole into your skin or in the metaphor we're using, you burn a hole into your dream. You take that dream that you have where you keep getting hacked and you essentially narrow your focus. Urgency is that focus filter. So what I mean by that is we need a deadline. Every dream needs a deadline. And think back to school days, Pete. Remember when the professor assigned something on day one? When did most people actually do the assignment? The night before. The night you, you nailed it. A deadline amplified the energy. In other words, it said, we're going to get so focused. We're going to get laser focused. Why? Because there's a cost. If you don't complete the assignment, you get a bad grade. Well, what I've realized is that agency is one of these amazing things, just like physical healthcare, what makes it super important? You put the word urgent in front of it, urgent care. Now, all of a sudden, you get rushed, you get seen fast. Why? Because there's a cost. Most of us do not have a cost attached to our dream or a deadline. Those two components, deadlines and costs, make urgency work for us and become unhackable. Mm -hmm. And so I'm intrigued then if I think of deadlines, they are often associated with other people mm. in terms of it's like closing in a house or whatever. It's sort of like the lawyers, the realtor, the somebody yes. said, this is when this has to be in. And so when you think about our own dreams, how do we effectively harness a, a deadline so that there does seem like there's a real cost? Like if yeah. I, if I do some work on a project tomorrow, I, I could do it the next day or the day yeah. after. How do I get that urgency to be real and the cost to be real? Just to give you some client examples, I had one client who kept blowing off his weight dream. Like, I want to get down to the certain weight. I want to get down to the certain weight. And he just struggled and struggled and struggled. Finally, he said, okay, I'm going to put a real cost behind this. And I won't tell you which political party he hates, but he hates mm -hmm. a certain political party <laughs> so much that he said, I will write out a check right now for $1,000 to the political party that I hate. I will put it in an envelope, I will put a stamp on it and it will sit on my desk. And if I do not lose, and this guy was pretty, pretty big dude, if I do not lose 50 pounds by this day, that check is in the mail. I'll tell you what, first time in his life he ever did it. He lost the weight because it suddenly was a real cost, which not just was $1,000, but $1,000 to a political system that I do not like, it was big enough. And I don't know what people's cost is, but it needs to hurt. In other words, Pete, it needs to hurt so much that doing the dream is easier than paying the cost. 
Yeah, that's that's good. I've always, <laughs> there's an episode <laughs> of Nathan for you that was just, it's a comedy show. It's kind of ridiculous that kind of <laughs> explored this concept. You might enjoy that episode if you haven't seen I it. I might, I might have to quote that. And so, well, and that's intriguing. And I wonder if people are like, yeah, well, I wouldn't trust myself to actually do it. I mean, you could sort of entrust that with a friend who he happens did. to he have did. the he opposite political party affiliation. And say yeah. and they'll they're, they'll be eager to give it to that side, and but then also they're your friends, so they're they're not going to just sort of make a thousand dollars of yours disappear without your consent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that's just that's one example. But here's another thing, Pete. It really becomes a mindset change. Unhackable people are victors, Un, and and hacked people are victims, and. I, this is not my own, but I, I love it. It's a great illustration. Victims say the world happens to me. Now, I'm not talking about victims of trauma or this type of thing, but I'm saying a victim mindset. So a victim says the world happens to me. And what happens is they often lie in bed, blame excuses and denial. The victor, the one who's unhackable, says I happen to the world. These are people that put their, quote, or in the water, OAR, ownership, accountability, and responsibility. So they literally take accountability for their lives. They literally are, are uh, responsible. They take ownership. It's not just a nice acronym. I mean, this is, this is the difference between Captain Sully on the flight. He didn't ask the Canada geese to hit the propeller. But when Jeff, his co-pilot, was flying the plane, Sully said, the magic words, my plane. And Jeff said, your plane. In other words, he took ownership, accountability, and responsibility. He took over that bird strike because he was unhackable. All right. Well, so then, so that's one way to make the deadline real. Let's hit, hit the agency and the energy. How do we crank that up? Yeah. Agency, I'll give you an example. When I get my oil changed at the dealer, I suddenly walk into their agency. Let me explain. Chairs, magazines, Donna Hughes on the TV or something crazy. In other words, I walked into their space and it's their agency. Many people have that reality. In other words, no judgment, but when I fly on an airplane and look to the person next to me, they're bored as heck. They're, they're flipping through the magazine. They're busting out their phone. Listen, if you got a dream, you're not chilling like that. And I'm not saying you always got to be working, but I'm saying that in the book, we talk about what's called your boon. Your boon is your deepest desire, your greatest ache, your truest longing. It comes from Joseph Campbell, hero with a thousand faces. Luke Skywalker, Neo, Katniss Everdeen, Hunger Games, Star Wars, you name it, Matrix. The hero's journey is all about leaving the ordinary world, meeting a mentor, refusing the call, going into the special world, facing the giant. We think it's external. It's really ourselves or the ones who hack ourselves most of the time. But then after we defeat the giant, we essentially get the boon. The boon is the holy grail. The boon is the elixir. Let me say this, Pete, we don't care if we get hacked until we know our boon. Mm -hmm. So in other words, when I don't know my boon, I'm like, hey, 
come on, Netflix, come on, Xbox, come on, all distractions in the world. What's going on on TV? In other words, I actually purposely try to distract myself because it gives me this pseudo purpose. But as someone who knows their boon, man, they are fighting for that. And that's what really kicks us into unhackability is knowing our boon. All right. Well, so how do you recommend we, we get some clarity and specificity on, on our boon, our deepest desire and calling and such? Well, I do have a free download, no email opt-in required. It's at unhackablebook.com. And if they click resources, there's 83 questions that gets you started. And these questions are fun. One question is, what's one thing you would regret not doing before you die? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's deep questions. It's questions that you don't just address every single day, but, but these are deep questions. And what we begin to see is this, is this melody line. It often doesn't come just in one lightning bolt. It often comes with, I say, dream recovery, not dream discovery. In other words, your, your show's great, and it probably talks about how we need to recover our dream. In other words, you ask most kids, I've never met a young kid who said, you know, when you ask them, what do you want to be when you get older? Oh, I don't know. I have no clue. I think we are born with this innate sense, maybe not exactly, but in, this, in the ballpark. Like some people just say, I knew I was born to be on a stage. Now, they might have thought the stage was one thing, or I was born to always care for animals. We lose sight of who we are along the way because we start listening to the voices of others. In other words, other people's advice hacks us. Pete, you won't make money at that, or that's not a well-paying job, or that's not a respectable job. And suddenly we start listening, and that's another way that we allow other people to gain unauthorized access to us. Okay. So 83 questions. We can uh, do some exploration, reflection, rediscovery there. I think clarity. And then have our energy. Oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say clarity comes with action. I think that we don't just sit in a room and wait for the clarity to come. A lot of times we have to work it out. We have to try. We have to experiment. But back to your phrase about energy. Energy is that last focus filter. And energy's super cool, super exciting. Are you familiar with 21 Pilots? You ever hear of them? A band? I don't think I have. Okay. So it's a band and there's tons of bands out there, so I don't expect you to know, but, but the 21 pilots are a band and I'm just going to use, I like to tell stories to make a point. They come from my hometown, Columbus, and they've won a Grammy, but well before they won won a Grammy, nobody knew about them. And what's interesting is you can actually go on YouTube and you can find one of their very first concerts. And it's pitiful. There's 12 people and it's in a basement. And the craziest thing in the world is that the lead singer is so enthusiastic. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like the guy is on fire and you're kind of like, what the heck, man? There's 12 people in a basement. He had what's called enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is the word en theos, God within. This is part of becoming unhackable. What gets you on a bigger stage is enthusiasm. Most people say to the universe, they say, once I'm on a bigger stage, once I have a big platform, once I have a big show, once I have a big business, then I'll be enthusiastic. 
No, no, no. You have enthusiasm, and that's what gets you on the bigger stage. So just like you, Pete, just like me. I mean, you're successful. I'm successful. Why? Because we treated those first five listeners like rock stars. We didn't say, hey, I'm going to overlook those first five listeners. And someday when I have a big tribe, a big showing, no, no, no. This is what Unhackable takes. It takes that energy where energy is emotion, energy in motion, like passion. I love the word passion. I'm into words. I'm a, I'm a word nerd, but the word passion, very interesting. The ancients defied passion not by how much love you had, but by how much you were willing to suffer. Mm-hmm. So when that's why I never understood why was it called the passion of the Christ? And it was talking about a cross. What the heck? It's because he was willing to suffer for it. And so I just want to challenge your listeners. Your boon is something you're willing to suffer for. I mean, you look at any great person, they had to suffer for their dream and it had a cost. And so energy is that focus filter where that's what really helps us become unhackable when we focus urgency, energy, and agency. So the energy is comparable to passion and the willingness to suffer? Mm. Is that the key there? And then I suppose we get that by successfully tapping into the boon. Absolutely. It comes with clarity. Like Rosa Parks, she was unhackable, man. Like you look at her, she said, I'm not getting up off the seat. Like I'm not going to. And she suffered for it. There's people all throughout history that, that suffered for their dream. And being unhackable, let's face it, Choosing not to binge on Netflix every day when it's in front of you, that takes some suffering. Whatever your dream is, we can go through the list, but whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, relational, this type of unhackability does require a suffering. All right. Well, so in your book, you, you talk about a 30-day elixir. Yep, and so we've we've talked about uh, a number of of things that are important uh, along the way. So, could you maybe share uh, what are some particular you know practices or, or interventions that help us get to let's say the the superhuman focus? Yeah. So here's a example for day seventeen. So right now, there's a lot of open loops inside your brain and mine. These could be open loops, like right now, mine is call the plumber, right? Because we got a leak upstairs. It could be mulch the yard. It could be mail the letter. It could be buy the birthday gift. In other words, most of us have this subconscious program that's running all the time in the background. Now, we don't think about it, but just like your computer has multiple tabs on it, the more programs, the more browsers, the more tabs, the more time and energy suck the RAM goes down. The RAM, actually, the available RAM goes down because the, the RAM you're using it goes up. And, and what I'm saying is that any open loop, any indecision that you and I have is grinding on our productivity. So one of the exercises I have people do, my clients, I say grab a stack of Post-it notes and literally write down one per one task, one open loop per post-it note. 
And so what people do is they begin to lay out all these post-it notes on their desk. Everything that we just talked about, all the open loops, all the undecided things, because it's literally leaking their life force. It's leaking their energy. They're getting hacked by it. These are the things we get up in the middle of the night and say, oh my gosh, I forgot to get the dog immunized or whatever. Then what we do is we write on a piece of paper, do, delegate, and dump. So I encourage people to do this, like literally in, the, in their house. Do, delegate, and dump. You don't put delay. Delay is what we always think about. Oh, I'll just delay it. I'll just delay it. Do means you're going to do it. Delegate means someone else is going to do it. And dump means no one is going to do it. And what we do is we do this on purpose, this exercise, because what it does is it clears the mind. It literally frees up your RAM. In the book, we talk about the unhackable impact equation. And sure enough, when you go through this exercise, you begin to free up your brain and you allow it to have more usefulness for what your boon is rather than chewing up all these open loops. Does that make sense? And is it just the act of categorizing these that unleashes it or do we actually have to get them all done? First of all, by seeing them written down automatically takes them from being internal to external. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel overwhelmed and I don't even know why I feel overwhelmed. I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's a lot to do. And if you actually slow down and say, well, what are those things to do? This is the exercise. We stop, we slow down, and we allow ourselves to unload this, first of all. It goes from internal to external. Now I'm looking at it. The moment something's external, now I can make a decision. The word decide is a Latin word, cadir, cadere. It has the same suffix as suicide, pesticide, insecticide, genocide, homicide. Decide means to cut off and kill. And so what does a gardener do to a tree that's unhealthy with sap going into all these branches? He cuts them off. He prunes them. In other words, that's what we're doing. We're deciding that I'm going to do it or we're deciding that someone else is going to do it, delegation, or we're deciding that no one's going to do it, dumping. And you literally open up your subconscious mind to focus on your boon. It's a very cleansing process. Well, that is nice. And I've done variants of it and, and it sure does feel great. Let's hit a piece about flow. Oh, yes. How do you recommend, uh, what are the sort of your top perspectives on how to get more flow flowing? Flow is amazing. Flow is the optimal state of human performance. It's the place we all must be in to win a gold medal. But not only that, for those of us who aren't athletes, it's, it's where productivity skyrockets up to 500%. It's where we begin to see pattern recognition. It's called lateral thinking. So how do we get into flow? There are flow triggers. One of the flow triggers, believe it or not, is a deadline. Another flow trigger is novelty. Interesting. Novelty. So what that means is that when we are stuck in a rut, we go to the same route every single day with the same menu 
and the same restaurant and we sit in the same table, what happens is we begin to go on autopilot. And when we're on autopilot, the brain is an energy hog and it wants to essentially map out everything through our day so it can conserve energy. When you are on autopilot, you don't experience flow. So how do you interrupt the autopilot? By novelty, by doing things, by going places, by having experiences that you've never had before. Because the brain has to engage. Because there's an element of surprise. There's an element of unpredictability. And so many times people feel in flow when they go travel somewhere. And so, Pete, I mean, to get really philosophical here, we're in a pandemic. There's a lot of people that haven't been able to travel. They're not experiencing novelty. What's the result? They're getting hacked. So, I mean, this is, and then what else is happening? Not to be a downer, but mental health. And in Japan, a few months ago, more people died of suicide than all of COVID the whole year in one month. Why? Because all of this relates. In other words, unhackable people are people who have flawless idea anatomy, deliberate magnetic focus, optimal human performance. And one of the byproducts is that we get neurochemicals. And so the neurochemicals are endorphins and norepinephrine and anandamide and all these all these neurochemicals that are supposed to be happening in our brain don't happen when we're not in flow. And that's why depression is on the rise. Okay. Well, noted. And yet there's some simple things that we could do to mix that up. Exercise. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of good no. stuff. Well, yeah. Why don't you give us the quick bulleted list here? Exercise. What else? So exercise, sleep. Okay. When we starve our brains of sleep, I mean, I get it, but we're actually not allowing, just like back in the day, old day, I'm older than you, long time ago, but defragging your computer. I mean, literally the brain repairs itself in sleep. Margin, margin, you know, where you're not just blowing out your adrenal glands and cortisol, eating the right way. I mean, think about it. We call it carb crashes, sugar rushes, caffeine fixes. All of these are essentially altering the chemistry to create a certain type of feeling. Well, we can do that naturally. Community, community, having good, good discussions where time seems to go by like that. Why? Because you're in flow. And when you're in flow, there's a time dilation that occurs where it either slows down or speeds up. Okay, thank you. Well, well tell me anything else you really want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things. I'll tell you what, I mean, I think people's eyes are open now. More and more of my clients are saying, man, I got hacked last weekend. And people who don't know the vocab, they're like, what, what do you mean you got hacked? They're now aware of it. So awareness is really the first step. Just for all the listeners to realize, like, when did you get hacked? You know, when did you just blow through five hours and you don't even remember what you did? but you scrolled, you know, these types of things. And we do have an unhackability assessment. Again, all my stuff to help is free in this area because I just have a passion. I believe that when we are living our calling, when we're fully alive, that's our greatest contribution. Well, thank you. Well, now could you share a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? Carl Jung said, what's the most damaging thing in the life of a child? It's the unlived life of the parent. And that's a negative 
But I view that as a very inspirational quote because it makes me want to live the lived life, not the unlived life. All right. And a favorite book? The current one that I'm digging is, believe it or not, The Psychology of Money. I just finished that. I like it. It reframes the way we think of money. All right. And a favorite tool so you use to be awesome at your job? Audiobooks, man. I love them. All right. And a favorite habit? My Peloton. All righty. Is there a key nugget you share that seems to connect and resonate folks quote back to you frequently? Show up filled up. Oh, yeah. It basically means that you are doing the work internally before you ever step foot into the world every single day and you attract people, you get clients. Why? Because they're like, well, something's different about this person. You show up filled up. And if folks want to learn more, get in touch, where would you point them? I would say go to unhackablebook.com. All right. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks looking to be awesome at their jobs? I'd say, look, even if you're not in the right job, your ultimate calling, don't waste the time. Back to our original thing with Shawshank and Andy, that dude didn't just sit in prison. He was very resourceful, digging a hole in the side of the, the prison. So I just want to encourage people, like whether you're in the right job or the wrong job, be all there because uh, it matters. All right. Carrie, thanks for sharing the the good word. I uh, wish you many, many fun, unhackable adventures. Thanks for uh, the amazing interview, Pete. I loved Carrie's take on the deadline and the clever ways you can make that deadline feel real and put a cost associated with it. It, it might be really extreme in, in his example with $1,000 to the political system that you don't like, or it might be more modest. But I really do resonate with that point associated with finding a deadline and finding a way to make it real for you. And sometimes there's there's a modest cost, like if I don't finish this within this time frame, that means I have to work late and I'll miss dinner with the family or something. So that could get you going. Or there is another deadline associated with, if I don't finish this, I think like vacation is huge in terms of I want to get this all done. So I have to get to think about nothing when it comes to a vacation time. So if there's some ways you could think about that, maybe it's just sort of like a vacation hour or day or afternoon such that there is a way to get that deadline, to get that flow flowing. So great stuff from Carrie. Again, those show notes, the transcript, the links to items we've referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP638. Hope to catch you next time and peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.